We're in Orlando, Florida at the Siemens Spotlight on Innovation. And I'm speaking with Mouse McCoy, who's building a company called Hackrod. He's going to tell us about collaborative design and the spatial web. Give us an overview of your background. I started my career out as a professional motorcycle racer. That's how I got the name Mouse. Started racing when I was a little bitty kid. And then from there, moved on uh, to being a professional racer. From a kid racer, the name stuck. Then I transitioned into being a stuntman, actually. Uh, which was pretty cool because I actually got my 10,000 hours uh, working in the film business with the best directors, figured I could do that. So I jumped up to uh, film director, producer, uh, became the CEO of a movie studio. You've had a pretty wild career. Yeah, it's been a pretty wild ride. Tell us about Hackrod. It's almost like a gang, uh, hot routers with industrial superpowers. And really, we wanted to create an environment where anybody with an innovative spirit like the old school hot rodders of America that really drove industry in the 20th century, that, that young kids with that inspiration, that spirit, would have no barriers entry to manufacturing, design, build whatever they want in their dreams. We put together our first application called Autonomo, the automatic manufacturing opportunity that's going to connect the gaming world to the advanced manufacturing world. You have to explain how that works. We're moving into what will be known as Web 3.0, um, as you know, Web 1 was static pages, dial-up, we all remember to dial-up. You went to Web 2, which was broadband, cloud, emerging technologies that really opened up multimedia um, and, and the content phase. So obviously, you know, Netflix, Facebook, YouTube, that was all big applications of Web 2.0, but they were both flat worlds, two, you know, 2D plane. Well, Web 3.0 or spatial web is going to become three-dimensional. We're going to move into a full experience in 3D. How does that connect to the gaming engines that you were just talking about? You know, everyone wants to talk Industry 4.0. You look at all the diagrams, Accenture, all these dudes, they all forgot Game Engine. So right now, gaming engines, light physics engines, are radically powerful, and they're connecting you know, thousands of kids in the cloud right now. I bet you I don't know how many million kids are playing Fortnite together. So that's sort of the foundation. And then if you, if you put those, that game engine on top of, you know, in this case with Siemens, their entire digital industrial portfolio stack, that gets really interesting. But the, the gateway into you know, Industry 4.0 is going to be through gamification. So you're going to be able to have multi-person, multi-location, full 3D, photoreal VR collaboration that's tied directly to manufacturing. The games are constructing a, a virtual world. Correct. All right, so we've all seen a lot of these movies right now, the superhero movies, the Marvel movies. Um, you know, Tony Stark in Iron Man has this three-dimensional hologram world. Well, that's going to materialize in the game engine. We are going to see through AR and VR the ability to live in a, a photoreal 3D space. Overall, what we're doing is automating and connecting heavy engineering CAD to, or digital twin, like heavy digital twin into the virtual environment to be a, a virtual twin so that we can, we can go back and forth. So you're going to be designing and playing and collaborating with files that are ready to go to manufacturing because they're based on a real digital twin. Would it be accurate to say that you're building a digital twin in that 3D virtual world? That's correct. So now we have this, this 3D twin and there's a collaboration element to this as well. Correct. We had a fairly significant moment with Roland Bush, the CTO, COO of Siemens globally. He was in our studio. He and I were in a photoreal VR environment, 
connected to his team in Princeton, New Jersey, from Ventura, California, had a transcontinental full-scale engineering design review session in, in photo reel. Think about that for a minute. Like, nobody had to get on an airplane. We weren't sharing old 2D files that you can't really understand. We were literally looking at what you thought was a physical product in a virtual environment together around the world. It's photorealistic. Yeah. Tell us more precisely what that is. There's been some advances in GPU technology. Look at the work that NVIDIA is doing right now with what's called ray tracing. Uh -huh. So literally all the reflections are ray traced, the surface finishes is an exact replication of what the physical product is. You feel like you're gonna touch it. You'll be in the environment, you're like, you'll fall over because you thought you were leaning up against the car or the motorcycle. So it's, it's absolutely photo real. So now we've got teams, distributed teams or individuals from around the world collaborating inside the game engine, working on this 3D model, that photorealistic 3D model. Yeah. Okay, what's next? Exporting directly to manufacturing. So we're, we're not just playing a game, we're actually building and designing product in this environment. We have the first physical representation of a motorcycle that was designed, engineered, and printed straight out of the game. And that was through multiple um, connected manufacturing partners at the same time. But I wanna, I wanna pull back for one second because it's pretty fundamental. We're talking about democratization of large industry. This used to be science fiction where you thought, oh, probably those like Lockheed Martin guys have it or some high-speed military unit. Uh-uh. Like, it's here today for the kids. So this is gonna really democratize the barriers of entry to design and engineering and making things. What was so significant is we were able to collapse a design cycle by an order of magnitude from, from what was previously this, this 3D printing revolution was, okay, you, you can print actual prototypes and do your fit finish, all your review, versus you know, the old way of building clay models or whatever, and that, that was a huge leap forward. What we were doing here with the bike is, I would roll into the, the photo reel, I looked at the bike and I said, oh, okay. You can see it completely in, in proportion. I'm like, that fender's that much too short. My guy said, oh, it's that much too short. I said, the rear one's that too skinny. I said, great, see you guys tomorrow. They remodeled it, I came back in, and inside of five minutes, I did the design approval for a massive print job. This was just unheard of, and we, we literally did that. It allows an iterative type of process, an agile design process, that previously would be impossible. That's correct. And we're also working now towards manipulating actual fundamental CAD in the game and having it automate and export. So tell us about the technologies. What, what are the pieces that come together to make this all possible? Well, we definitely are going to be taking advantage of the GPU cloud. We're seeing emergence of, of entirely new GPU-based cloud. We work with the Unreal Engine. Fortnite, all of that runs on it. We automated engineering CAD, or real digital twin. We automated the process of getting into, into the game. It used to be a very complex manual process overall. So that's amazing. But then we're going to get into simulation of product in the game engine. We're going to go to computational fluid dynamics in the game. And we're doing this right now. And that also is, is correlated to AI engineering, or what you'll hear is generative design or generative engineering. So what's happening in the simulation in the video game will in real time be updating and improving your engineering file with AI. What kind of data is necessary in order to construct these models? 
conventional CAD data, you know, overall. And then you know, we're working in the 3D voxel space for the print out, but you're starting with, we're starting with real engineering CAD and then going into the game right now. And what are you doing with Siemens? They're such a dynamic, diverse company overall. So full integration on, on the digital software side, but then, you know, those files are going to go into manufacturing processes. So not just have the software capability, but to go into digital factory and factory automation and really see the digital thread go from concept to physical product. They touch it on multiple levels. Technology backbone for the manufacturing side, Correct. is that? And, you know, they're really leading the way on the manufacturing integration to the digital side. I think that's what's so exciting for us about Siemens is you know, their, their digital industrial connection is, mm -hmm. is significant. Where is the motorcycle now? It's either backstage or in the showroom, but it's here physically. We actually did the prints at, with, with numerous partners, but Oak Ridge National Laboratory, Department of Energy National Lab, um, has the most high-speed advanced manufacturing facility in the world. They printed the gas tank out of uh, aluminum cerium, which is a total aerospace-grade material. HP, our partners, printed a lot of the other composite parts on the motorcycle. This was all distributed, but it was only two weeks ago that Oak Ridge said, hey, we have capacity, we want to support the project, awesome. So we greenlit it two weeks ago, went from basically concept design to full-on photoreal product to 3D printed to on stage here in Orlando. Wow. That's just a fact. We just did that out of the game. And I'm pretty excited because everyone for a while said, oh yeah, dude, this is like total science fiction. It's science fact now. And motorcycles are obviously just one, I mean, that's your kind of starting point, an ex well, example. We have some significant automotive projects going on right now, um, but we chose motorcycle because it's a business model that's here today for cost, scale, and schedule. And that was important. We weren't just showing futurist stuff anymore, that we're actually not only physically executing, but we're showing a business model that's here today. And, and this is rolling into the future of work and the new economy. This isn't about disruption. Everyone wants to say, oh God, disruptor, disruption. I want to see the eruption of possibility for kids with dreams to realize their dreams industrially. So to give you a case in point, now I come from the motorcycle world and a bunch of my buddies are some of the best designers and they, they hand draw and then they hand fabricate. So those kids take two months, they build one bike, go to a motorcycle show, everyone loves it, they sell one bike for good money and then they start over. They could now simply roll that into our environment. We'd scan their design right away, create a digital twin on the fly, manufacturing ready. They have social media followings. And they say, hey, everyone loves this bike. Who wants one? We're doing a run of one. They no longer have to go tool up, make design decisions, raise venture capital, or build a factory. They get pre-orders. Those parts are built on demand. A couple of kids in a small motorcycle shop become a motorcycle company overnight and we're gonna see that, that's gonna be a reality. And then you can go from there, kids can start the next toy company, the next Hot Wheels out of their bedroom, uh, car companies, electric bicycle, you name it, there's gonna be no barrier entry to actually creating physical product. So for you, it's not about creating a motorcycle, it's about creating this platform. Correct. There was a film called Ready Player One and a great book that, that showed the concept of the Oasis. This was an open, infinite, digital world that you would go into. You would go into almost a second life. Well, we think that the Oasis is going to happen and we're building an industrial application for it that thousands of companies could be born. It's built for entrepreneurs overall. And, and large enterprise or small enterprise 
are going to be able to take advantage of it. This notion of collaboration is pretty amazing. When you're sitting in the same room having a conversation on the other side of the world on a full photo reel project, it's, it's significant. I think a lot of people have experience, for example, editing a Google Doc with another person. I was going to say maybe gives you a taste, but not really. No, not, not at all. No. And there's some other applied technologies I think are significant. I, I, you know, I mentioned we focused a lot um, on advanced manufacturing, 3D printing, and what we needed was to solve what we were calling the last mile problem, and that is to go from your digital file to large-scale manufacturing. You used to have to go to tooling. So all of these really great new business ideas or digital magic would always run into a brick wall. The digital thread ran into a wall when you had to go back to tooling. You're an automotive startup. You're probably a couple hundred million dollars just to get out the gate to tool up. And then you're required to have 10,000 of the same thing and manufacturing constraints and all the constraints come in. And then you're sitting on inventory and that's why it's you know, known to be at least a billion dollars to clean sheet a car into production. That's just gonna collapse. So what's happening right now is advanced manufacturing um, is here on a large scale, on an industrial scale. That's proven out this, this year. Um, our partners at Oak Ridge National Laboratory, they're printing a nuclear reactor right now. They just printed a submarine. It's, it's wild. The scale and size um, and material science is all coming together. You're gonna be able to simulate down to the molecular level with the molecular properties, force loads, stress, everything that it's gonna go through. We think you're gonna get there digitally and dramatically reduce the prototyping process and then be able to output. We're looking at a new age of metrology for additive manufacturing. So that's gonna validate the print as it comes off so you'll actually know that that was a, a legit perfect print, that there's not flaws inside of it because that was a problem with the additive manufacturing is you never knew what you had. So metrology is actually helping complete the digital twin and validate the build. It sounds like all of the, the components are maturing to the point where you've been able to create, I mean, it's essentially a prototype, your motorcycle, right? Would that be accurate or no? Would you disagree? It's production ready. Production ready? Yeah, that's the thing. We never even built an intermediate. We went straight to it in an aluminum gas tank, composite fenders, number plates, all of it, and I could hop on that bike and rip it right down the road. It's not a show bike. It, those parts would, are ready to go. They're race ready. So you're basically talking about a scale problem at this point as opposed to any conceptual problem or issues with the technology all at every step along the chain. That's correct. And this concept of connected globally, manufactured locally is super important. So we're seeing scale service bureaus, printing companies now deploy um, and, and start to fill that up. So there's no really, there's no more technological barriers in the way. It's just the business model to adopt. And I think it's, it's gonna be really interesting for even large enterprise people to think about what does global trade look like? What does global manufacturing? So part of the, the thought experiment that we ran with Roland Bush was, well, what happens if some kids in Munich see a file in this gaming world, a product that was designed in California? We're not gonna manufacture it here in America or somewhere else across the ocean and ship it. We're going to send the digital twin and that will be manufactured locally. This is super important because I'm really not a fan of moving molecules around the planet and burning carbon to move stuff around. Let's, let's have things be manufactured local everywhere. 
It's a big environmental situation, I do, think. Do you have any sense of the time frames required for this kind of technology, I really should say set of technologies, to be more widely adopted and to have a sort of broader impact? We're rolling out right now with our open, our open beta, um, focusing on a lot of the universities right now to actually go break the tools and use it. And you know, those kids are really excited in the schools. They're saying, wait, what I love to do with gaming, I tying together with my engineering and we're all playing and it starts to become fun to engineer and design and build. So we're excited about that, and so we'll, you'll see a significant rollout, but in the next few years, this, this is gonna scale out, but it's here. Any final thoughts on all of this, and especially on the impact on, on manufacturing and creating opportunities and the future of work as you were describing? That's the most significant thing, is that we're actually kicking down the barriers of entry for the next generation to be able to do whatever they want on an industrial scale. You know, before, if you said three kids in a garage start a social network, you'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, Amazon Web Services, that we, we saw that movie, right? But if you say three kids in a garage start a car company, yeah, but we're saying that's going to actually become a reality. Um, and that's what's most exciting to us is the fact that we're gonna give kids opportunity. And before we go, I just have to ask you for advice to younger people that are hearing this or hearing about these technologies, how can they get involved? What's the pathway for them? The term Industry 4.0 is kicked around a lot, but we said, how do you, how do you even get on the 4.0 highway? I, well, you're going to get in through open gaming worlds. So, uh, you know, the, the, the message is, is believe the impossible is going to be possible and, and don't limit yourself with what you, you think you can achieve. Okay, Mouse McCoy, thank you so much. Thank you.